0: Thank you for tuning in for part two of Overcoming the Giants in Your Life with our guest speaker, Pastor A.T. Stewart. Let's continue with this lesson.
1: The second truth. A true leader runs toward the giants because he has his eyes on God, the giant player. Not only the giant slayer, but the giant Now, what I mean by giant player? I mean not only is God able to defeat that giant, but he will use that giant to make you more like Jesus, to bring you into spiritual growth and maturity. You see, look at what Caleb says when they spied out the land in Numbers 14, 9. He says, only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land. Why? For they will be our prey. Now that word prey is literally the word bread. So what does Caleb mean when he says these giants are going to be bread for us? He means... These giants are going to give us an opportunity to see the mighty hand of God, to trust God, and we are going to grow spiritually. These problems are just platforms for miracles. These obstacles are just opportunities to see God work. God places problems in your life because we need those so we will depend on Him. You ever wondered why when you get saved, everything isn't just perfect after that? And I hope nobody led you to believe once you became a Christian, you wouldn't have any problems. No, no. Life is filled with problems. Many are God-engineered problems. Why? Because it's through the valley that we grow, right? I read the other day somebody said, look at the wildernesses in the Bible. That's where God speaks to people in the wilderness, right? Jesus was in the wilderness during his 40 days of temptation. Moses was in the wilderness when God came to him in the burning bush. The wilderness is where God speaks. So if you feel like you're in a wilderness, rejoice. Because that's where God's going to speak to you. That's where you're going to meet him. You remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They had been taken away from their homeland. Just uprooted and taken back to Babylon. And the king uh, of Nebuchadnezzar said, look. I'm going to blow the trumpet, and I have this big statue of me, and I expect everybody in the land to bow down and worship me at this statue. Well, these three Hebrew boys said, no, we can't do that. And he said, you better do it. or I'm going to throw you in the fiery furnace, and burn you to a crisp. They said, well, we can't do it. He said, well, you go think about it. You go think about it, and then you come back. They said, we don't need to go think about it. We cannot do that. We will not do that. They said, you know, our God is able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't do so, we are not going to bow down and worship you. So the king said, well, we'll see about that. And he had the trumpets blown and he was looking to see if they were going to bow down and worship him. But they did not. Because their eyes were on God the giant slayer. So the king bound them up, threw them in. He heated the furnace so hot, seven times hotter than it would ever have been heated, so hot that the guys who were throwing them in fainted back. And the king looked in. And you know what he saw? He says, I put three in there, but I see four men in there walking around. And the fourth one looks like a son of God. And when they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. Now, who do you think that fourth one was? Jesus. If they had never gone into that fire furnace, they would have never met Jesus. It's in the fiery furnaces of your life that you're going to really meet God as you've never met him before. And when you meet him in those situations, you'll come to know him as you've never known him before. And it will transform your life. You remember Abraham when he was called to sacrifice his own son, Isaac, his son of promise. And he meant he was going to have to put a knife and kill him and then burn him on the altar. And he raised his hand about to do it. And God said, stop. Don't do it. I know you love me more than anything. And then he looked down and saw a ram. And God provided the ram in the place of Isaac. And you remember what Abraham did? He named that place Yahweh-Jirah, the God who sees and provides. Now, do you think Abraham was the same after that? In that situation, in that overwhelming being called to kill his beloved son, he met God as he'd never met him before. In your furnace, in your facing the giant, you will meet God as you've never met him before. Now Paul learned this truth over in first, Second Corinthians. Paul had a problem. We don't know exactly what it was, but it was bad. So bad and embarrassed, Paul. He felt like it hindered him in his ministry. He prayed, God, deliver me from this. And this man that had to heal so many other people of their sicknesses and afflictions prayed to God, deliver me from it. But you know what God told him? You know what Jesus told him? Jesus told him over in 2 Corinthians. Jesus said, my grace is sufficient. For you. He said, I'm not going to take it away, Paul, because my grace is sufficient for you. And look what he goes on to say. For my power is made perfect in what? Weakness. We men don't like weakness. Man, we run from it. We don't want a situation where we feel weak. I mean, if we aren't sure we can do it, we'll probably just not try to do it. But leaders go out and try what they've never tried before, take chances. They are not afraid to fail because they know God is there. And it is in the weakness that whose power is perfected. God brings us to absolute weakness. He brings us to the point that everything we've tried doesn't work. Every prop that we've tried to hold ourselves up with has been knocked out and we are left Stranded on God's omnipotence. And God says, finally, you should have come to me first, not last. Finally, in your weakness now, you can experience my power. And when Paul realized that God was not only the giant slayer, but the giant player, you know what his response was? He says, therefore. I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. Why is he going to boast about it being weak? So that the power of Christ may dwell in me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, calamities. Why? Because when I am weak in myself, then I become strong and experience the power of God. What's the job that you're facing today? What is that situation that almost seems like, I just don't know what to do. I've tried everything. It's impossible. It's overwhelming. Will you look beyond the situation and look to God? When you realize that God is the giant slayer and the giant player, you will, can run toward your giants. You don't have to run away from them. Truth is, we spend a lot of energy trying to keep ourselves from getting in situations where we're uncomfortable, situations where we feel weak. We ought to run toward those because when you get weak, you're going to look to God. And when you look to God, He's going to make you strong. And when He makes you strong, you're going to be able to glorify Him. And that's what it's all about. Look, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about God and His glory. Your work is not about you. God has placed you there so that you might glorify Him in that situation. God has placed you exactly where you are at work so that he might show himself strong through you. And the way he does that is by you keeping your eyes on him at work and realize when the problems come, there's a spiritual dimension and God wants you to look to him and he will give you the grace to go through it in a way that will bring honor and glory to him. And that's why you're there to glorify him. You are just as ordained as I am wherever you're working. God's placed you there. And God's placed you there that you might show others his love and his redeeming grace. So how do you respond when the giants come? Do you run away or do you run toward them? Keep your eyes. On god the giant slayer the giant player and you can run toward those giants trusting him to be honored and glorified in your life let's pray father thank you that you've brought each person here today to hear this message they could have been many places but you ordained this time for them to hear this truth about you May your spirit apply it to their lives in a way that will enable them to grow spiritually, to become more like Jesus, and to bring glory to you. It's in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Now, Pastor Ken's going to come for a moment and just share with you, if you do not know Christ in a personal way, how you can come to know him, and then you can know the giant slayer in your life.
2: Thank you so much, Pastor A.T. It's always a blessing when you're with us, and we look forward, the men look forward to what you have to say for us Sunday night. Well, of all the giants that you would have to slay, it could be that the greatest giant in your life right now is yourself and your own sin. And everything that we do at Cascade Hills is to bring you into a, a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So, why is sin a giant for you? Well, the Bible says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means that I'm a sinner, that you are a sinner, and just so that we know what we're talking about, this doesn't mean that you murdered somebody or robbed a bank, okay? If you've ever told a lie, if you've ever wanted something that wasn't yours, if there was a good thing that you should have done and you didn't do it, that's sin. And why is sin a big deal? Well, the Bible tells us that Your sin separates you from your God and has hidden His face from you. So God cannot have a relationship with us because we're sinful. But God didn't just leave it that way. The Bible says that it's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Bible says that all we like sheep have gone astray. Each one has turned to his own way, but the Lord has laid on him. On Jesus, the iniquity or the sin of us all. When Jesus died on the cross, He was taking the punishment that you and I deserve to take for our sin. But now we don't have to take that punishment because Jesus has taken it for us and that is now offered to us as a free gift. You can't buy it. You can't work for it. It is a free gift. The Bible says it's by grace that you're saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God so that no one can boast. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but that the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. And if you're ready to receive that free gift right now, you simply tell Jesus that you received that free gift and that you're ready to live for Him, not for yourself, but for Him. The Bible says, call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe that God is raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for letting us get together today for the things that we've learned about leadership from Pastor A.T. But Father, now I pray for someone who needs to come to Jesus and find forgiveness for the greatest giant in their life, and that is their own sin. That they would run toward that giant and let God, the giant slayer, Handle that for them right now. Now, if you're ready to receive the forgiveness offered through Jesus, then you can pray a prayer right along with me, silently, nobody else has to hear you. Just silently in your heart, you would pray a prayer. that would go something like this. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that my sin separates me from You. But now, Lord Jesus, I trust in Your death on the cross as full payment for my sin. Come into my heart, Jesus, and show me what You'd have me to do to be the man, to be the woman that You would have me to be. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Now, if you've just prayed that prayer in just a minute, we'll tell you what your next step is. But Father God, I pray right now for someone who's just prayed that prayer that they'll have, have the courage and the motivation to do what You're calling them to do in just the next few minutes. I pray that You'll go with us now Bless us in everything that we've heard here today in any way that we need to be blessed. I pray this in Jesus' name.
0: As we wrap up this month's lesson, let's remember that we spend a lot of energy trying to keep ourselves from getting in situations where we are uncomfortable, weak, etc. The truth is, we should run towards those situations. When you get weak, you're going to look to God. And when you look to God, he is going to make you strong and when he makes you strong, you will be able to glorify him. What a great takeaway from this lesson. Each month we share these lessons at a live event to anyone in the Columbus Georgia area. We encourage you to join us if you can because there's always a delicious lunch, great fellowship, giveaways, and so much more. If you would like more information on dates and times of these events, you can visit bpleadership.com. This is where real leaders are made.